podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Welcome to this first episode of our Lenten series. We're so happy to have you with us, whether you're a regular listener or someone who might be joining us for the first time. This Lent, we wanted to take some time to focus intentionally on some scriptures and themes that have to do with suffering. We invite you to pray with the scripture passages that we'll be using, and we hope that some of our discussions can enrich your own times of prayer. For this first episode, we're looking to the second chapter of Luke, verses 22 to 39, where we see Simeon prophesy not just about Jesus, but about a sword that would pierce Mary's heart too. Right from the beginning, Mary was united with Christ in suffering, and in this episode, we talk about what it means to journey through Lent with Mary as our model and our mother. We hope you enjoy it and that you'll join us the other weeks of our series as we head towards Easter. God bless you. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey. Hello, uh, hello everyone. Happy Lent. Yeah. Happy Lent. Um, for those of you who maybe listen regularly, I'm Nicole, but I sound a little bit different today because I've got a cold. Um, and so the ladies, are, I was telling the ladies, it sounds like I've been smoking for a hundred years. And they said, no, maybe just like five, you know, so which is fine. <laughs> which um, we also said is like how everybody really, like that's how everyone wants to sound. It's like Phoebe on Friends, you know, you really, you're like, you want the sick voice. It's like, if you're, you've got that, you've hit that <laughs> spot where it's like, right. It's yeah, like the voice spot. You. So I yeah, should just yeah. stay like this. After. Could you yeah. sing a line? Like just sing oh, a line. Yeah. Yeah, of Aaron. like summertime. <laughs> Aaron, summertime. That yeah, song. Like, yeah. Summertime. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll do it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Summertime and the living is easy. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> there we go. That was good. That was a good low note. Yeah, I'm a soprano, awesome. everybody. That was awesome. That was that awesome. That was awesome. Um, nice. That was great. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Well, um, today we are. We're going to be talking about Lent. We're going to be starting off this this series of Lenten scripture reflections. And so before we dive into our scripture of the day, I was curious, uh, Aaron and Rachel, and I'll share too, but what what are you all doing for Lent? Yeah. You want to go, Aaron? I can. Sure, I can go. Um, so for Lent, uh, I am, there's like a bunch of things. I saw this post from uh, Christine Moss, who was on the, oh, was yeah. on, we had before. Um, it was beautiful. And she had this really lovely thing about how to choose something good for Lent. So looking at your vices, looking mm. at how it manifests, and then directly trying to counter that with something. So I was like, okay, so I would like to, so the thing that I'm working on is self-discipline for love of the Lord. So that's Mm -hmm. the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I am doing, I'm basically scheduling my days because for me with, I I don't have really a schedule for, I mean, work or like I'm on long-term disability right now. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes my days are up and down or things like that. But so to be a little bit more disciplined, I'm, I have a schedule for each day that I have planned out and then I'm looking at it the night before to see if there's any modifications or sticking things and then trying to to like go by that schedule as much as possible and also Mm -hmm. the things that are like some of the other Lenten things that I wanted to do like um like 
I don't know, not eating sugar, not eating past 8 p.m. Um, or like going to bed at a decent hour or um, having prayer, like more, so praying midday prayer every day in addition to other prayers. So like those kind of things are like part of the schedule. So it's right. all kind of wrapped up into that schedule. So yeah, so that's what I'm cool. What I'm doing for Lent this year, yeah. How about you, like Rach? That. What what you? What what um, you? What, what you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I I Lent. Yes, I Lent. Um, I <laughs> I have uh, I well. So one of my things is I'm working my way up to a 5:30 a.m. wake ups like every day. Ooh. Yes. Why? I mean, well, okay, I don't wake up too far off that, but why? Well, two things. One is I I am definitely more productive in the morning. Like it's, mm. and I, I'm like equal energy levels morning and evening. I have like a steady flow of adrenaline, basically very <laughs> nice. high adrenaline, like all day, but I would say that I'm just more focused and I'm more able to, I just get a lot more done in, in the early morning hours if I'm up. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. Um, and I guess like I'm working on my thesis now, so I kind of want to really mm. cash in on my best, you know, thinking hours. And also I'm not great at going to sleep same part, like the adrenaline thing, like my mind right. just doesn't turn off. And so, and I've tried like so many different things, but the thing that works the most is just genuine exhaustion. Like if I'm really, really tired. So I That's wake awesome. up really early, then there's just a much higher chance. And this has happened to me right. before that I will mm-hmm. genuinely be exhausted by the end of the day and be able to sleep at a decent hour. So totally. It sort of regulates that. And, um, yeah. And it's a bit of like a kind of like what you're, you're doing too, maybe Aaron, like a bit of like self-discipline, um, in my relationship with the Lord, I feel like it's kind of, he's asking me to grow in certain ways. And this is like a thing that's going to help me pursue that growth, you know, mm-hmm. to wake up at five thirty. So that's probably the main one. And then, um, I was thinking about like, you know, the, so the way I thought about it this year, it was the three kind of things like prayer, um, almsgiving and fasting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the five thirty wake up also kind of ties into prayer. Like there's certain prayer things that I want to do that I can do more of, I think if I'm up early and reading scripture every day is part of that actually. So I'm doing mm. a Bible in the year thing and I'm behind and I want to be like caught up and then, you know, consistent. Nice. Cool. Um, and then almsgiving, I was thinking actually not like necessarily giving money or things, but, um, just thinking of people in my life who are in need, like even, especially in social kind of need, because (laughs) I think right now, maybe a lot of people are coming out of COVID or whatever, or like elderly people or just things like that. So just thinking of people in my life who may just need friendship or need some, you know, relational investment or just need somebody to be like, I care about you, you know, I have to think about that, but that's my lens. That's, That's cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I I think I came to a similar kind of um conclusion as you were talking about, Aaron, of just like uh thinking about what are the ways that I, you know, to be more disciplined or have like grow in different virtues. And so for me, it's been that when I'm stressed or anxious, um, I like will check social media or check the news, whatever, mm. checking my phone a lot. Um, and that not being something that helps me a lot, especially right now, because there's a lot of, you know, crazy stuff happening in the world. And it's like, do I really need to be updated multiple times a day on like what's happening in the world, you know? Um, and it just takes me out of the present moment and all all kinds of things like that. So my, my Lenten, um, 
fast or yeah, sort of yeah, the thing I'm giving up for Lent is not necessarily going cold turkey on all the things because in some ways that's easier, but only checking all of mm. like in on my social media, whatever, once per day. Um, and then that's it. I don't think about it. And you I'm doing that like during the work week, like at the end of the day. So yeah. Um and that's been that's been really good so far. It's like I'll have a little more space to be in the present moment. And then um I was talking with my spiritual director about this too and she was encouraging me like to think about, well, what am I going to replace that with? Um, mm. And so, you know, making a list of um, just things she was like, do you like music? Yeah, I, I like music. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a professor of, in music therapy. That's right. Yeah. Um, I forget, I think she maybe forgot. It was, it was great. Um, so I was like, yeah, I do like music. And she's like, well, maybe that's something that when you're tempted to just go scroll social media, you can just like put music on in the background and then do mm-hmm. whatever, you know, just around the house or something like that. And, yeah. um, and, or just like find, find things like that, that are not just going to be keeping my brain revved, but are, are going to be keeping me in the present moment, but that are still life-giving or go for a walk mm. or things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I'm going to try to do. And, um, and in terms of, of prayer, like I've been going to daily mass now for a while, except this week I, on Wednesday I was sick. So I mm. was not able to fast and I did not go to Ash Wednesday mass, mm. which is disappointing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, getting back to daily mass and I think Rachel, like when you were talking about almsgiving, I was like, Ooh, this is not something that I've thought about as much, you know? Yeah. Um, right. but our, my small group, I'm part of a community liberation small group here in Nashville. We do monthly charitable work. And so I have signed mm. up to do to do that which is like volunteering at a um what do you call a food distribution center for oh, uh, nice. yeah so yeah that's awesome cool. yeah so that's at, my list for ash wednesday mass i took my little nephew who's like two right and mm-hmm. yeah so he i mean mass with two-year-olds is always an adventure 100 oh, yeah, percent. yeah it was just like the both of us and then so after we went up for for ashes and he he was like shaking like shaking his head back and forth his father was putting the ashes on so he just <laughs> was like what are you doing massive smudge <laughs> of stuff like in his hair and it's anyway yeah, it was so great cute. and then we got back to the pew and he was like sitting on my lap and he was waving at everybody as they were coming oh, back down the so thing. Cute. it was so cute and all it was like i mean it's during the daytime so it was like a lot of older people so all the grandmas yeah. and grandpas were like oh this is yeah so <laughs> <laughs> oh actually today i went to um morning mass um mm-hmm. and uh there was a 90 year old parishioner there and it's not my regular parish it was it's another parish in town and it was so cute there was like it was mostly old people but they all clearly knew each other really well it was like a really mm-hmm. lovely community and mm-hmm. so we all sang happy birthday to him after the final hymn which was so cute. and then they had like cake and coffee for him after because like a milestone birthday and he was that's 90 so and he was great. totally about it too he was like yeah <laughs> that's so cute. that's great it made me yeah. tear up a little I was like this is so cute yeah <laughs> That's great. That's so cute. That's great. Well, okay. Sorry, guys. I'm drinking tea and and just like anyway. Okay, I'm just I won't talk for you with all of my minutia of my health right now. Okay, uh, we're gonna read a scripture here, and uh, you know we we were thinking about what to we wanted to do some sort of Lenten series for this podcast, and um, what we'd like to do is is read these scriptures that relate to different aspects of um, of suffering or, um, uh, yeah, basically of suffering and Lenten, Lenten themes, um, and, and think about how they relate to our own personal experience. 
um, and our own Lenten journey, you know, thus far. And so uh, we would invite you to do the same just as we, um, you know, we'll read a scripture and, and think about how it relates to, um, yeah, what you're going through uh, in life. So sweet. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah. like Alexia, like a mini Lexio Divina. Yeah. You know? Right. Something like that. Like our, our, our aim is not to give like a high level academic interpretation or anything like that. Yeah. So it's just relating it to our, our lives. So yeah. Yep. Okay. Are we ready? Ready. ready. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Apparently that's how I start scripture readings. Okay. Ready. Um, <laughs> uh, let me just scroll up here. Okay. So this is a reading from Luke chapter two. Uh, when Jesus is presented at the temple. So I'm starting at verse 22. Come Holy Spirit. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So, (laughs) as I was reading this, isn't it beautiful to read scripture out loud, by the way? It really is. I was like, should we just end the podcast there? I know. There it it's is. Over. There it is. Folks. That's a folks bus. Yeah. 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 Well, and you, okay, if you're listening, you might be wondering why this scripture. Yeah. Why right. did we choose this passage, the presentation, um, yeah. for Which the beginning of Lent? It's a joyful mystery of the rosary. It's a joyful it's mystery. Yeah. It's a feast day from like the end of Christmas season. So yeah. why, why this one? Um, Rachel, do you want to illuminate everybody? <laughs> I mean, I think so. And if I, you know, there's, if I miss something, you guys just pipe in, but I think we were trying to think about what, um, passages really spoke to us about the journey of suffering, like what it means to suffer, um, and what it means that our suffering is redeemed and what it means that God walks with us. And, and in that whole conversation that we had about scripture and and Lent, we thought of Mary and just her walking with Jesus and, and her suffering, you know, and, um, the example she gives us for how to live this Lenten season. Mm-hmm. And it sort of starts in the scripture verse. I think it came to you, Aaron. It was like, or I can't remember who, who, who um, thought of it, but it really speaks to Mary's life, right? Like her, her vocation as mother of God 
is so marked by these words um, Mm -hmm. that Simeon gives her right at the beginning of her journey with this gift, this child that she's been entrusted with, who who is God, who is her own creator, you know? And it's like, it's just so, um, I think, uh, powerful. It's really a powerful thing to hear those words spoken to Mary and then to know how she takes up that, that, um, reality that she's, and, and that, that life that God has, has the invitation that God has extended to her. Cause there is an invitation there in a sense, you know, like that to me, if I heard those words, like, that's flight or fight response. You know, like, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? A like, sword you know? will pierce my heart. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's not a, that's a, but she, to know how she lives that and how mm-hmm. she receives that is just so, and so powerful and something I think that is worth really deeply reflecting on as we, yeah, as we walk through this Lent, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's like, um, it always kind of strikes me that it's like Simeon is giving her these words in a time when she's do like, she's doing the will of God. Like there, she is doing what is required by the law to bring her child, to be presented in the temple, um, to fulfill the law. Right. So it's like the Lord, um, and it's kind of like, it makes me think about Jesus even before his crucifixion, how he tells the disciples, like the Lord prepares Mary for what is happening. Jesus prepared his disciples by telling them outright, like the son of man will be crucified and will die, will rise three days. Like, even though they, they like, don't get it. No, like, yeah. (laughs) But, um, but it's interesting also that Mary doesn't do that. Like she doesn't protest. She doesn't ask about like what that's going to look like she doesn't you know um and it makes me even think of like her fiat when the holy spirit comes and when the angel comes and tells her that the holy spirit will come upon her you know there's like um she asks like the clarifying question there but she but her fiat is like so complete you know um yeah, yeah so like that's that, a good word i like that complete it's complete it's complete you know and even though she doesn't say anything to Simeon it's like even her lack of saying something to Simeon in that moment is also like an echo of her fiat you know like of her yes to God right and you know further in the passage uh in in the chapter of Luke it talks about so you have that was a Simeon story and then you have Anna and then they have Jesus getting lost in the temple and then after all those stories, one of the last things it says um, is that um, his mother, Jesus' mother, treasured all these things in her heart, mm-hmm. right? And so that she's, you know, received this message um, about her son, who he will be, and also how that what this is going to be for her. That this is going to be a sort of pissing her soul. Yeah. Um, and she just sort of lets that sit and be yeah. for years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. Go yeah. For it. Sorry. I, I was just thinking it is, um, when you were talking about her fiat, um, you know, in the clarifying question, I love, I just want to relate that to this because that question to me just speaks of her intelligence, right? She's like, she is not, she's not, she doesn't follow God out of stupidity or blind stupidity mm-hmm. or something, which is like, well, okay. But you know, she's clearly, 
mentally engaged in her, her own life. And is like, well, I, you know, I'm asking a question that makes sense in a way to ask and not out of worry. There's still trust there, but out of genuine, like, okay, this, how do I, how, how do I participate in yeah. this? What's the way that I participate in this. And, um, and that then when it comes to this and the fact that she doesn't say anything, I often think like, well, she, you know, she, she, she wasn't just there sort of like a piece of cardboard, just like taking whatever was coming at her. She was, she was such a whole and full person. And so it's just, a, it's a bit of a mystery as to how she would have processed those words, you know, what were her emotions and what were her thoughts. But I think it's kind of delightful to think of her just as this very wise and then like really human person who is perfect you know but reacted probably internally in some really interesting beautiful ways mm-hmm. in trusting God and and I don't know what those ways were but it's right. just sort of exciting to think like what, what what was Mary thinking like how did she how did her her mind you know and her heart respond to these words how did she treasure them um, cause mm-hmm. it would have been in a, in an intelligent way in a certain, in a certain sense, right. it would have been not just like, well, I don't know what he's talking about and just move on because she would have known, you know, she, yeah. we know that she would have known scripture and she would have known the prophecies and she would have understood. She would have, I wonder what she would have understood or she would understood at all what he said. I don't yeah. know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think, <laughs> I guess we just don't know. We're just speculating. Yeah. Well, you know, he, I think if we can take it to the next step is like, what do those words mean for us? Right. Um, um, and what do they, I mean, and we can think about in Mary's journey, we don't, you know, again, we were talking about, um, the, using the scripture to start, we thought, well, Mary of all people is the one who knows how to suffer. Um, she's the one that we can imitate. So, you know, in, in our Lenten journeys this year, what, um, are you guys frozen or are you just still, no, we're okay. You're saying <laughs> really? really, it was like, hey, they're not moving at all. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. In our Lenten journey, how did, like, how does the scripture, does it resonate for you in what your, your Lenten journey so far? I know we've, we're recording this on March, what day is it? March 5th. So there's, we've mm-hmm. only had like a few days a of Lent, days. but mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. 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 I think the, like, one of the things that kind of strikes me about it too, is that even, even with, uh, like a sword will pierce her own heart too, like Mary is a, a mother and, oh. and I don't think like, I, I think that that probably even that question more so than asking her question what that will look like in her own life it probably even more so asked her to question what does that mean for Jesus yeah, like right. a sword will pierce your own hmm. heart too but like what but so what is what's happening to Jesus like what right. is what is the sword that's piercing his you know and it makes me think like really um it just, cha- it challenges me. Like it really challenges me in that way to be like, okay, for my own suffering, like it, it can be so, um, it can be very isolating. It can turn us in on ourselves a lot, right? Like that's one of the effects of suffering can have. So it, it, it kind of challenges me to look at like, okay, well, how am I, hmm. how am I really actually offering it up? Quote unquote, you know, like yeah. how am I joining my suffering to Jesus? Like, what is my suffering doing to me how do i how can i like to even ask our lady to show me what it means to see my own suffering as a participation in this the things that jesus is doing as opposed yeah. to just like what is good what's the effect going to have on me how am i going to get through this what's going to happen mm-hmm. like all of those kind of things like to turn it out instead of turning it inwards you know oh mm-hmm. well, yeah um, yeah 
I love that. Just like that. It's, um, cause even right before that, that line, this sword will pierce your own soul. It's talking about Jesus it says this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Mm-hmm. So it's like your, your son, it's, it's basically saying like, you know, he's not, yeah. this is not going to be just a fun, easy life. Like this is going to be kind of intense and a sort of pierce your own soul too. It will affect you. So like yeah. you're saying, Aaron is that it's not um, an imitation of Mary that she wouldn't have been like, Oh no, like, what is it going to be like for me? But like keeping the focus still on like, okay, who like, the sufferings of others that may be affecting me, how can I still pray for them and not make it about me Mm -hmm. um, and how it's affecting me and all of that. Is that, I think, is that kind of what you're. Yeah. 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 I think so. I I think for me, um, there's like, so my sort of, I guess the comment that I made before about like Mary's and mine, whatever, it's, it's definitely revealing, you know, sometimes when you say stuff, it's like more about you than about the thing that you're talking about. So like, mm-hmm. that is like totally where I'm at right now, where I'm thinking like there, I'm in such a moment of transition in my life right now that, and it's really, and God is speaking to me in all kinds of ways, but it's really scary. It's like parts of it are really scary and like the unknown, there's like so much unknown. And I hear this line as Simeon says to her, and it's like, if I was in that situation where, from where I'm at right now, it's just, I would just spiral mm. because that is like mm. so mysterious. Like, what does it mean? And, yeah. and, and obviously Mary doesn't do that, but at the same time, you know, in this, for me, in my moment of unknown and transition, I know I'm also called to engage, like, like I'm supposed to think about things and I'm supposed to discern, I'm supposed to take in data and, and pray with it. And, mm. you know, and so I think like, when I think of her, I think, how did she integrate her questions, her legitimate questions that she might've had with her prayer life and trusting in God? Cause I think that's kind of the beauty of Mary that I just so long for is that the trust that is present, even in the question, like the question doesn't go away necessarily, but her trust is so, like you said, Aaron, complete, you know? And I think that's kind of what I'm longing for in this moment in my life. I'm like in so much transition and I could easily spiral and I don't want to spiral, but I'm also called to think about my situation and be, you know, and be engaged with it. So how do I engage with my situation and in questions and in the unknown and just trust in trust in total trust. And I think, I don't know. I think she's such a perfect example of that. And it's just probably relationship, like her relationship with the father, her relationship with, you know, Jesus and her being, you know, just the Holy spirit, just dwelling in her so fully and just living that relationship with God. So whole, Mm -hmm. so fully. Yeah. There's like an obedience there almost, you know, like, um, I mean, she was obedient in everything, but it, but it even makes me think, even in that thing, like, and a sword shall pierce your own heart too, like, seeing what, like, what mother would not desire to save her child from suffering, you know? Exactly. And so it's like the Lord is, like, is saying to her, like, a sword will pierce your own heart too, like, he's almost saying like, he, like, this has to happen for Jesus, and you will need to be there with that's right and you have yeah. to let it happen like in a mm-hmm. in a in a way kind of like that you know and I like for me that's one of the things that I've been thinking actually a lot about this past week is like how when I'm trying to suffer with the Lord when am I like there can be a weird disorder I think if we're talking about suffering and redemptive suffering whatever to like to to 
suffer instead of the Lord. Like as mm. if somehow, like if I'm offering my suffering, mm. that it can like lessen Jesus suffering in some way, which is not the case, you know, like, and for Mary, like it wouldn't have been, I mean, there can be, there's like a comfort and a solidarity. Like I can imagine Jesus looking in her eyes while he's being like whipped or, you know, like from the passion yeah. or whatever, and finding some consolation and seeing his mother's face there, but yeah. it still doesn't lessen like the physical, like it's still there no, and she's suffering to, with him, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he still has to go through it. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I feel like the Lord is also saying something to me in that of like, no, like there has to be like a greater union in whatever sufferings you experience with my suffering. Like it's not, it's not um, like you, like I've, I've already suffered. I've endured, like I am suffering still even, you know, if we're talking, it's like getting into metaphysics and God being outside of time and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but just like, I feel like the Lord is drawing me even into like this greater kind of order in what my own suffering means and how it works in union hmm. with and in concert with his own mm -hmm. suffering together, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think there's, there's themes in what both of you are saying that, that resonate with my own experience too, and just reading the scripture. But I think what I, um, what I think about is how we, the sufferings of others, the woundedness of others, um, and people who we love affect us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> it is like marriage would be a classic example of this, right. Where you, you are long suffering, you're bearing with somebody and there's joy and there's so many good things in that, but the, the sufferings that they're the, the, the woundedness and the pain that the other experiences you experience too. Um, or, you know, parents with children, like parents, mm -hmm often talk about like yeah when their kid gets hurt or is sick like they would do anything to take it away they're because they're they just they're suffering with that person um and you know we've talked about that just sort of accompaniment and suffering or the suffering that we go through when someone we love is suffering right so it's all kind of connected but just like what do we what do we do with that um when it affects us and what would mary what would mary have done you know when jesus is suffering became her suffering um in in some way and um because it's yes that's hard and i i i was thinking this week like and i this thought has come to me before with different situations but i have i have friends in ukraine and um of course they're just they're going through a really terrible um situation there with with the russian invasion and um just so much instability and shock and um and also like strength and bravery among the ukrainian people but um i was messaging with them uh, last week um just sort of checking in seeing how they were and and they were just saying kind of just updating me what's happening and it was just so like i i, I was at work on my on having lunch and sitting in my office and I just like started weeping mm. because it was just so like, there's no words, you know, it just that. And, and these are not people that I'm like super, super close with. Like there, there's some friends that, um, from, from Toronto and, uh, who moved back to Ukraine, but still it's like, it's like mm. shocking. And yeah. so, um, and I've experienced other times where it's, you know, in, you know, in my relationship or something that, um, something that the other person does that 
that is hurtful to me or that, that, you know, without intending to, or whatever, and, and feeling that pain with that, it's like, okay, what, what do you do with that when you love somebody and there's pain and their suffering too? So, but the thought that has come is to take that suffering and then offer it right back up for that person, right. To let that become a prayer. And so like, you know, I, I wonder if Mary, when she saw, um, you know, the soldiers, yeah torturing her son I wonder if there was there was and of course there was so much pain there I wonder if she was able to offer up and pray for them pray for the people who were hurting her son you know I wonder if she was able to um like basically when we're feeling pain because of someone else's actions to use that pain as a cue as an opportunity to pray for the person who's hurting us is basically what I'm trying to get to Mm -hmm. um yeah. Because I, I just, I feel like that's, that's, I mean, that's, this is like kind of now speculating and, and kind of through other pieces of scripture, but um, I can't wonder what, like, what else would she have done, you know? And that's something that mm-hmm. like, did she didn't, she didn't shy away from the pain mm-hmm. of a sword piercing her heart, mm-hmm. but then what, what must she have done with that? Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's making sense. It's all kind of. It's making sense because I, I mean, even if you look at like, the way, I don't know, some of the fathers of the church or the way that saints or whatever have written about the hearts of Jesus and Mary and their union, like his heart is her heart. Her heart is his heart, you know? And so because Jesus in that moment is like, what does he do from the cross? Like, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're, what they do, you know? Um, And yeah, because of the union of their, their hearts. Yeah. It's like, I feel like even now, like I'm having these kind of brain things right now where I'm (laughs) even when I was mentioning before about like suffering instead of suffering in union with God, I'm like, oh, no, that's like that's like an it, you know, like um, like that the Lord wants my heart. He wants our hearts to be so united with his heart that it's like his forgiveness, his action, his you know, like that our suffering finds its place in his wounds. Like mm-hmm. that's, there's like this desire for intimacy that Mary knows that Mary lived, that Mary still yeah. lives, that she yeah. is there. That is like, and it's a difficult intimacy to come to, right? Because it really does ask us to put aside our own, even desires or our own comfort or our own, you know, like the things that we're attached to that like yeah. to allow us to be in that place of pain and to feel it. Cause yeah. I feel that in myself sometimes that it's like, if I'm offering this with the Lord, I want to offer it. So it will go away. Like I yeah, want to offer totally. it so that it, so that it will just be on him or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, and that's not how it works. Like that's yeah. not how it works, you know? And it's, you know, when you think about, um, I don't know, some medical procedures or uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but maybe just like when you're getting like a flu shot or something, like when Mm. you're getting a needle or something uh, that, um, or even if you, if you get injured or something, if your body is relaxed in that moment, um, Mm. and you can just like receive that, that needle or whatever it is, you're able to be relaxed. Um, the pain, it, it does what it's supposed to do much better than if you're tense and resisting it. Mm. And so not that we're supposed to just go and accept all the suffering in the world. Like I'm not, that there's that, that, that could be, you know, I want to be careful here not to, yeah. to, to say something yeah. that is um, disordered. Like I'm not saying that, but just that, 
the, um, the unavoidable sufferings that happen in our lives, that, that there's nothing we can do. They just, they happen that there can be an attitude of the heart, perhaps of, of, um, you know, instead of just like going to like the why, or this shouldn't be happening or da, da, da. da. And I mean, all those thoughts are going to come, but to just say, okay, Lord, like, uh, like abandoning it and receiving that. And then participating with the Lord in that and seeing what does the Lord want me to do in this now, in this thing that I'm experiencing, that there's nothing I can do about it. Of course, um, if we can avoid pain and suffering, do that, right? That's good. Um, uh, And if we can help prevent that for others, good. That's, that's good. But sometimes it's unavoidable. So, Yeah. yeah. I think that that's kind of what's, what hits me about this passage and sort of thinking about Lent, because we are, so, you know, we, we walk, we go through these 40 days of Lent to prepare our hearts sort of for, you know, the passion and the resurrection. Like we're like really like preparing for the Paschal mystery in a very intentional way, right. In, in this season. And, and in a certain way, like those are Simeon's words to Mary was preparing her for the past, for the Paschal mystery yeah. that she had to go through with yeah. Jesus. And yeah, it was like, exactly. but the thing is like, I, I, you know, it's mind blowing to me because of what you say, because she got those words at the presentation, like at the beginning of Jesus's life. Yeah. And she had 33 years to live with those words. And how did she do that? Like, how did she, and she would have done it probably how you said, where she would have abandoned herself to the will of God hearing, because it's not like, you know, cause I, I think about the character of Simeon, the character, meaning not like, you know, the fictional character, but like his character. Mm -hmm as somebody described, you know, as a man of the spirit, like the Holy spirit was on, was resting upon him. His words Mm -hmm. were not words that could be dismissed. So she would have received them as from the Holy spirit. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's one thing to be in the midst of your suffering be like, okay, and this is what it is. I have to, I'm going to have to abandon myself to it, but then to sort of like, know that it's coming in a way, like a circle yeah. mm-hmm. pierce your heart to like when and where, you know, but that right. would have been her orientation. She would have abandoned herself to the will of yeah. God mm-hmm. so fully. And obviously it wasn't like she didn't know suffering before that. I mean, the birth of her son itself was such a process of, you know, mm-hmm. it was stress. Such a, exactly. Yeah, like, oh my goodness, <laughs> it was crazy. Right. And so there's an abandonment there and she was constantly always mm-hmm. abandoned to the will of God. Mm-hmm. But I think that's mm-hmm. what's hitting me. It's like, these words were given to her 33 years before Jesus's passion, yeah. you know, or about whatever, 32 and some years before Jesus's passion. And I think that is so amazing to me that like God trusted her with that prophetic Mm. knowledge, but it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's different from a prophetic knowledge of like, Hey, everything's gonna be great. Just hang in there. Yeah. 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 yeah, Hey, it's gonna be really hard at some point. And I just want you to be ready. Like, yeah, that's because what do you, what do you do with that? Either you live in fear the rest of your life exactly, or you learn to abandon it and say, I don't really understand what this means. I give this to you. And that at then when it did come time for Jesus to, to die and to be persecuted, Mm -hmm. to be crucified. Um, she didn't abandon him. Like she had the abandonment of her own suffering and surrendering that to the Lord, that she was able to be present with him through all of his, his suffering. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's like echoes, like, um, 
like, I mean, the Lord is good. Like he's gentle even, and he's even gentle with our lady because I can imagine her, like when he falls and stubs his toe, when he, or when he like scrapes his knee, when he's little and an echo of that, like, and a sword shall pierce your own heart too. Like that phrase kind of coming back to her and having these things of like, even the, the pain of like, of see yeah seeing her son hurt himself in the normal ways like I can say even from my nephews like if they yeah. fall off of something and they're like hurt I'm like my heart is like oh it's like it moves you with compassion right, right. and compassion mm-hmm. is meaning to suffer with like it's not yeah. it's not an abandonment that steps away from something to say like oh, right. well I'm just leaving you know but it's like the Lord even provided yes. like God even provided her opportunities to step to be more and more like united with that united in her you know like and even in these gentle ways like when he left for his for his ministry i was listening to an abiding together podcast yesterday and sister Miriam was talking about a painting that she saw where um where it's like jesus who's kind of leaving to go on these three years of of you know minute more ministry stuff um whether or not our lady was with him the whole time or whatever but she's like in the doorway and he's leaving and he's like he's like holding her hand and she's like caressing him you know and even just Mm -hmm. the pain of that of like letting him go into the unknown or the pain Mm -hmm. of seeing him rejected in his home or the pain of seeing people try to kill him like want to kill him you know like during all of these things and it's like escalating pains and I can just like I can imagine even in her heart of that that phrase just like echoing and echoing like yeah and preparing her so it's like the gentleness of god even prepared her for the greatest suffering that a mother could ever oh endure yeah. with her yeah. with her child you know yeah. yeah um i think it's so kind of amazing to me because i'm so grateful i'm so grateful for mary right the gift of mary because it's like mm-hmm. okay when i hear all of this it's overwhelming it's like that's impossible mm. like I like yeah. no just no yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. don't want to yeah. live that kind of suffering that's just so hard but I think when I see Mary and her trust in God and her capacity to receive the the mission that God called her to and then I think like Jesus and on the cross right he says to John like here is your mother and essentially that's him saying that to all of us and so He's then given me this incredible relationship with this person who mm-hmm. loves him and loves me so much and has just like this depth of strength that I can rely on. And it's like, okay, I don't know, you know, my little life and what my little crosses are and what the Lord is going to call me to seem impossible and overwhelming to me, but I have this incredible mother to lean on. And when we think about maternal relationships, it's like, you know, that's such a comforting like a mother is yes, a, yeah. a comfort, you know, and it's like yeah. such a gift that I have this mother who can comfort me, not just as a mother, but as a woman who has lived like mm-hmm. the m- most excruciating suffering ever. And yeah. so who understands, you know, my uncertainty and my fear and all mm-hmm. of those emotions that I have as a broken, sinful person mm-hmm. who didn't necessarily have the brokenness or the sin that has the capacity for compassion and, and the the pain, the experience of the pain that she went through to like comfort me to know that I'm not alone. You know, like right. she is, yeah. she can carry me through this. She can help carry me through this. Yeah, in my own craft. Rachel, 
Yeah, this is, you just spoke exactly what I was thinking of just that, okay, we're talking about what this experience was like for Mary and how it relates to our own experience, but making that bridge, like that Mary can relate to our own experience. Like she is our mother and she, you know, when those moments where, where we're suffering, where we're the one on the cross, she can suffer with us. She's, she knows how to do that. She can be with us. She can be our mother walking with us every single step of our own way of the cross yeah. um, and how beautiful yeah. and how like comforting that is, you know? Yeah, yeah. totally. Well, the Lord, totally. cause I think that phrase is for us too. Like, and a sword will pierce your own heart too. Like this is a phrase for every Christian. It's yeah. not like the sword of suffering, the sword of what, because we're part of the body of Christ and because we're called to share in the sufferings of Christ in some way, like that phrase is for us too. So exactly like that, like, because Mary is our mother, because because she has like because she has lived this because she knows deeply she has pondered this you know yeah. all these things deeply like scripture talks about that like she she understands the depth of what it means that a sword will pierce our own heart um so yeah. if, that's like it's just such a beautiful thing to know that we're not alone in our suffering or in, even in our, even in our ability to like process what it, what it means. Like there's somebody who's there, like she is there to guide us. She wants, she wants us to be united with her son in suffering. She wants us like, um, and and she, like she can, you know, she's walked it all so she can help us. Cause otherwise it feels very, especially because our suffering is so isolating. Like my suffering is not the same as your suffering is not the same as this person's suffering. Right. So it's like, we can help each other to some certain extent, but it's true that all of our sufferings have a unique character, but Mary, she knows it. She's, she sees it all. She's with the Lord. She has that full vision and Mm -hmm. the ability to help us walk through it. it. Yeah. And another, another thought that just came, like relating this to this, I think it was this past Sunday's, um, readings, or maybe it was the, maybe it was Ash Wednesday. This is, oh man, this is bad, but one (laughs) recent liturgy that where, you know, the, the, the reading is about, um, like when you pray, like go to your room and pray to your heavenly father in secret who like hears you. Mm. And that theme of like, when you pray, when you fast, when you sacrifice, when you suffer, do it in such a way that you're not like, I'm like, Oh, like drama, (laughs) like I'm suffering, you know, like, and what does that mean? It's not like pretending it means to have this, this deeper joy, this deeper freedom, you know, and Mm -hmm. to where does that freedom come from knowing that this suffering, like, and we talk about redemption to suffer all the time on our podcast, but it has, it's going to bear fruit. It is, it's life-giving. There's some, there's life that's, that's being brought out of it. And obviously Mary knew that. And she is the quintessential image of that too, because her suffering literally brought salvation, allowed salvation into the world, right? Like her, Mm -hmm. her, her, yes, her fiat, her, and the yes, not just at the beginning, but like you said, you're in the whole, the complete yes, which was all of what she had to say yes to in Jesus's life gave us Jesus. Right. And so it's like, okay, that to know that God wants for us, like this kind of freedom in suffering event, like, and obviously we can't manufacture that. That's something that can, is a grace. That's something that's given to us. Mm -hmm. But then Mary is also a model for that. Like, okay, she was given these words from Simeon, at the beginning of Jesus's life, well, she didn't live her whole life in fear of those words. She lived her whole life mm-hmm. in freedom, in God's love. And well, how, like, that's what we're called to, like, no matter what cross we're given or what suffering or what sacrifice Lenten sacrifices we make, 
we are called to experience in the midst of that sacrifice, a joy and a freedom. And so our Lent is one of deep sacrifice, but not one of like, well, head down and like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, right. sucks. we're not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be people of joy still. So what is that? How does that contradiction, yeah. you know, come to be? And I think Mary yeah. is such a great, well, just the, you know, intercessor for us and the person for us to go mm-hmm. to as an example of that, how to live that yeah. and, and how to be open, I guess, to the grace of that. Cause it's not really something we can, like I said, manufacture something's given. Exactly. To. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, there, just, yeah. yeah. Just before we, um, sorry, Aaron, you can, I'll come back to you, but just before you like move into God wings, I know we have to do it in a second. Um, thinking about then our Lent this year, um, our, so my parish, Nathan and I go to the cathedral here in Nashville and, um, father Eric, who's one of the priests there, uh, it's just wonderful. He was giving the homily, I think the Sunday before Lent. Um, so this like last week, and he, um, he was, he brought out like a Mardi Gras mask and beads and was talking about, you know, it was a great sermon about how, you know, we can have masks and it can be like joyful and fun, but let's not have masks over our hearts and let's be mm-hmm. you know, open and honest. And then he took out the beads. And he's like, yeah, and the beads, you know, whatever, this is part of, um, it could be part of celebration and, and we're meant to, there are times in our life when we're meant to celebrate. And then he pulled out a rosary and he's like, but like, let's mm-hmm. let Mary accompany us in Lent. Mm-hmm. And so. I guess I can maybe offer that as a little um, challenge to you, our listeners, and to each one of us too, is how can we join with Mary and let Mary join with us this Lent as we go through um, our fasting and our prayer and our almsgiving and any of the sufferings that come with with life in this next period of of time. Um, Maybe it is saying the rosary or saying one Hail Mary every day or putting a picture of Mary somewhere so you just remember that she's there or you know, saying a memorare or there's, you know, if you're inspired by, um, you know, or if you're kind of, if, if the, the things that are happening in the world or maybe in your own families are really hitting you hard and you don't know what yeah. to do about it. Um, you can pray mother Teresa's emergency novena, which is to pray nine memorares right mm-hmm. consecutively. And then I think one more as a Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, you know, so just thinking about how can we join with Mary because she's here for us. She's our, she's our mama, Yeah, you know, <laughs> she's, she wants to be uh, here to support us. So how can we, how can yeah. we let her do that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. The, when you were talking about joy, Rachel, I was just thinking that I love the quote from St. Teresa of Avila, um, God save us from sour faced saints. Right. <laughs> so I think that's a great, that's a great thing. Yeah. Like when we're turning to Mary to, to have that even as a marker for us, like where in my own sufferings, where is there a lack of joy? Like where, like hmm. not as a condemnation, but just as an indication of like, I need your help here. Like, yeah, uh, and yeah. to invite her into that, right? Yeah, exactly. Because that's the, um, because it's true. Like you look at the saints and they're suffering and they're, I mean, there's not a picture of like, bleh, bleh, this, like there's such joy in the lives of the saints and they yeah. suffered more than many people. Yeah. Lifetime, and like you know? for sure, Mary would not have been a sour faced person, yeah, right? Like totally. that. We, yeah. like, it doesn't say that she wasn't in scripture, but I think we can really safely make that yeah. assumption. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. probably pretty funny. Like, yeah. you know, she probably I, had a yeah. good sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. I just said, make that assumption. And I was like, that's oh, oh, get it. Mary, yeah. Mary Penn's. Oh no. That's yeah. great. <laughs> Catherine uh, that's good. 
Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Well, thanks, ladies. This was a lovely sort of digging into the scripture with you. So stay tuned, folks, for more um, scripture conversations throughout this lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, Erin, you have a God wink. I us, do have right? a God wink. Um, cool. So uh as i kind of talked about before but if you're newer to listening to the podcast then maybe you haven't uh heard me talk about it but i i swim generally so i swim usually every second day because it's really helpful for fibromyalgia stuff and like it's just and i anyways i love it so but the uh, some days are good and some days are not so good like i feel in on or i'm feeling super tired whatever so the other day i was feeling like pretty tired and i was like okay i just had the sense when i was driving like from the lord of like okay just take it easy today don't you know, whatever, that's not going to be like a huge swim. Like, okay. So I got into the pool and then it was so funny because there was a guy like you share lanes. So you kind of go in a circle with people. Mm, right. And so there was one guy who was swimming in the lane with me. And so he was, he was so chatty and he started asking <laughs> me questions about like, and I'm like, I just want to go swim, you know, anyway, yeah. he asked me questions <laughs> about like my degree and what I did. So we got into this whole thing about how, you know, my undergrad, but then how I did this, uh, thing in, in, um, theology, like a master's of theology and he's an engineer and whatever. And then as soon as I talked about theology, then it was like the floodgates opened and oh, he's wow. like, but did you know that the church did this and da, 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 and he He's like castigating like a whole, like anyways. And so then we were coming back, but I also had the sense from the Lord in the conversation. I was like, no, I don't think this is a conversation that's like, I think it's like a fighting conversation, but like a good, but like a good Mm. charitable, you know, like Mm -hmm. push back against some things. Well, you know, so I'm like trying to affirm what he's saying is like totally like true and I agree with and then I'm like pushing back against anyways so we did this thing where it was like we talk a little bit and then we'd like swim some laps and then he would come up and I'm standing at the end and then he's coming up and he's like and another so what about this that's was, amazing that's so funny it was so funny so I was like okay Lord well apparently this is not like I was thinking it's just because I was tired that I was not going to get a lot of right. laps in but it's because I spend more time talking than I did swimming right <laughs> that I did so I was just like, I was just laughing. Anyway, that's it was like, awesome. It was so funny. At the pool. Yeah, it was. At, and then the like, other guy was, like laughs yeah. <laughs> like in the lanes. Yeah, That's the funniest that's part great. that it's not like open, like free no. swim. It's like no, literally yeah. lanes. Like okay. in lanes, I'm standing at the end and then he comes up from the water and he's like, and he's got his finger up like, and another thing. <laughs> 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 and then the poor third guy in the lane with us the guy what? this guy i was talking to left a little bit uh like before the end of the uh thing and then i was telling to the other guy i'm like listen i'm sorry for <laughs> i see the lanes and he's like no it was great i was listening to some of the conversations it's really entertaining wow. <laughs> that's so cool i love that that's uh, hilarious part yes. of me is just like yes. really glad that no one fell into the pool because you know sometimes like i don't right. know i always like it's slippery on those edges and mm-hmm. you're not really thinking about it so right yeah no it's good yeah that's amazing yeah, that's, that's good i just looked up right thing and just so um for everybody who's listening the next week is on the gentleness of god so we're going to talk mm. about a bruised week a bruised week a bruised reed he will not break yeah, smoldering <laughs> smoldering flame he will not quench yeah, yeah. And i was just thinking if you which hope i think you know hopefully you will become a saint you could be like the like patron saint of like pools swimming swimmers oh, is there a patron yeah. saint of swimmers already i'm there sure must there be. must be probably yeah but there can but be there's multiple. usually like yeah that's exactly right. there's just like five patrons of different things yeah so. that's true yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. that's good that's right. okay <laughs> poolside <laughs> evangelists erin <laughs> oh, that's funny <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, that was just a little snort to end the episode. I'm not Love sure it. you got it. It's that. good. We'll just we'll just end it right there. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Talk to you next Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.